<laughs> what and uh, Harrison? Uh, me currently. Uh, this is a hard question, maybe. Not really. Yeah. A hard question. Which church do you go to? It's <laughs> a very simple question. Uh, we go to for my you family go. as a family. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, when go. last were you there? Oh, the problem is now, you know, the limited number of seats. So, but it is not for the young; it's for us who are fifty-eight and above, yeah. who have the limitation. Many yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we are ready to start now, sir. Okay. Yeah. Welcome to the very special episode of the Misunderstoods Life Podcast. Today we have the Bishop of the Diocese of Mount Kenya South, the man here, Lord Bishop Charles Muturi, here with us. Next to me is also the Squonk. The one and only. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we are here to, to talk to the man himself. Let's hear a word. Uh, thank you very much. You are most welcome. I am Charles Muturi, by the grace of God, the sixth bishop of the Diocese of Mount Kenya South. Mount Kenya South comprises Kiambu, part of Nairobi, that is the Great Division, and uh, Gong Division, that is in Kajedo. The population of Anglicans in this area is high. It should be the largest diocese in the whole of Kenya with over 400,000 Christians, over 400,000. Those who are active, who come to church every Sunday uh, during this time of COVID, because we did a census recently, we are mounting to like 80,000. We are grateful and uh, that's what we are. That's, That's very huge. And the first question I'd like to ask you is, as a young man, did you see yourself becoming the bishop now? Mm, that's quite a hard question to, to answer, but I think so, yes. I would say yes. I, I started like any other boy. I went to school. Uh, I came from a little bit of a privileged family that our father could take us to schools in town, in the city that is uh, Ngara Primary and then to Jamhuri and then after that uh, I found myself in college I gave my life to Jesus back in 1979 when I was sitting for my exams and uh, when I gave my life to Jesus uh, 
After that, my father was able to take me to Kenya Polytechnic, which is now Duke University. And I, I trained to do uh, printing because that was my passion. And uh, when I was doing, just before I graduated, is when I felt that I'm not, I'm not doing what is right. I still have another passion to do, and that was ministry. Partly I was involved in ministry before then as a volunteer, but I felt that uh, God was calling me now to do full-time ministry. Uh, I worked for only one year with Uzima Place, uh, and then I joined college, and from there, my journey to the ministry started. My journey to the ministry is quite a long one. I joined school in 1984. That is when I joined Church Army uh, to train as an evangelist. Then after that, I started serving in the diocese after two years of training. My bishop then, with God bless his soul, Bishop George, uh, appointed me as, a, as his chaplain and as the development coordinator. Then he took me to Germany to do development studies. And uh, we worked with him very closely. I also worked with people like Professor Wangari Madai for a number of years as we were doing tree planting in the whole of Kiambu. Then I felt that I wanted to go back to school again and then I left the job that I was doing as the development coordinator. And then I went to uh, Britain for my studies, sponsored by the church, and then I came back. Uh, when I came back is when I got married back in 19... Uh, 1891 and uh, when I got married then uh, we started the journey of serving the church with my wife now as an ordained priest Bishop George ordained me I found him before he he had gone to be with the Lord so the person who had sent me to school is a person who ordained me and then uh, after my ordination he posted me to a parish and uh, I served only three parishes in my life I have served three parishes and those three parishes that I have served, uh, I, I used to stay for a long time. Like I started with Kehara, which is near UNEP. I stayed there for four years. Then I was moved to Kangemi, where I was for eight years. Then I became the provost of the cathedral. And then I was there at, at, at eight years. I was the Dalsitian Youth Coordinator for four years. And... Uh, then after that I became an assistant bishop for eight years and then I'll be a bishop for seven years God <laughs> that's, that's so much <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if we can even do half of that <laughs> no you do you are quite young people you definitely do it ah, yeah. I never knew that I can do this never never did I know but uh, by God's grace the openings continue every single day God opens a, a different door with a different charge, and I have taken every charge. I am one of the people who who never lose. You know, if I would say, if it's proper English, lose heart. I don't lose my heart. Yeah. When I'm doing something, I do it with all my heart, as difficult it might be. And uh, I think that determination has made me what I am today, and also by the grace of God. I also value my family very much. Mm. Yeah, I am married to my wife for the last 30 years. That's quite a good time. <laughs> <laughs> a very good time. <laughs> very good it's time to live with. Yeah. And she has never gone back to her place, even a single day. We have never fought. 
all those years, for that years. There must, there must be misunderstandings like any other family. Misunderstood. But not a, not a major thing. <laughs> so we have been together for that years. The Lord has blessed us with three wonderful young adults. And uh, they are all doing very well. One thing I appreciate God is God. When you serve God faithfully, God rewards you. My daughter, who is my good friend, is a lawyer. She is a practicing lawyer. She, she, she has done a number of cases. I can tell you some of the cases that she has done. Uh, my foster son is a medical doctor. And my last born, who is my very good friend, Ebenezer, is a civil engineer. So one thing I appreciate God is God has blessed us as a family because of serving him faithfully. You know, and they, they say a lot of things about pastor's children, but I see you as have done wonderfully. Yeah, they, they try. They try. <laughs> <laughs> they try. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm one of the fathers who can say God has been faithful and has given me a lot of mercies. And uh, one thing I would really encourage anyone is to become a good friend to your children, to your family. Yeah. And maybe that has helped me because... If you meet me with my daughter, you never know that she's my daughter. We talk at close range, we talk very deep things. Uh, if she has her challenges of life, she shares with me, I share my life with her. As a lawyer, she advises me. And uh, <laughs> the same with my two sons. So, mm. And maybe that has really helped me. Mm. Yeah. It's amazing, son. You should write a book. <laughs> I have written two books. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should give us each one. Religious marketing books. you. They are religious books. They may not help me. You told me you don't go to church. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, uh, we can go on our first break. <laughs> on that note, let's go on our first break. We'll be back. Yes. Listen to some songs given to us by the bishop. <laughs> episode so we have a clergyman with us the first question you have to ask him is uh, can you please for those who don't know and or maybe those who are lost such like as myself our, <laughs> like my friend over here we would like to ask you to to describe what you think God is every human being every human being believes that there is a, here, a higher power that higher power is the higher power that controls everything. Who decides that it will rain? Scientists would tell me it is the crowds. It's the, uh, <laughs> it is whatever they would say. Yeah. Uh, the argument may be there, but 
who makes it to to become dark and also to to break the day and it becomes a day people are struggling people are struggling to pay a lot to to breathe now with covid but uh, we have been enjoying free free air where does it come from you know when you look into the world who created when you see mount kilimanjaro who did they, who built mount kilimanjaro if i can ask that nifundigani was able to do that <laughs> Mount Kenya, I'm I'm just from Gong yesterday. You know, it was amazing looking at Gong hills and how beautiful they are. Who did them? When you go to places like Capendo in Baringo, those valleys, very deep ones, who did them? Uh, when you visit Mombasa and you see the ocean and the waters separating the land and the waters, who did that? You know, some of these things are amazing. That tells you that there is a higher power. There is a God somewhere. And that is a God that I believe in. Whether I have touched him or have never touched him, but there is a God. And uh, the word of God, I'm a Christian. The word of God says, it is only a fool who says there is no God. As much as I appreciate people who are atheists, they can decide to become atheists. As much as I appreciate people who are not Christians, maybe they are Hindus and they believe, even the Hindus believe anything can become their God. But all together is that there is a God. And that is why even those who are atheists normally say, when they, they, they get a charge, they normally say, where is God to help me? Because they know there is a higher power. So that higher power, that is a God. I can really describe today and say there is a God and he will remain. And one thing very interesting is that before I was, God was. As I am here, God is. And even when I shall not be here, God shall be there. You know, how many people have come? You know, I'm a historian. I like history. And one of the things that, uh, and also I like politics and many other things. And one of the things is, you see people like Mubutu Seseseko, Heoslas, many other people. They came, they were powerful people. You know, Bob Murray was a great man, a great man. I treasure him, I respect him. He has a following. But uh, they are all gone, but God stands forever. He remains there. So powerful people come, even with a lot of money, but they go, but God remains forever and ever. So as I try to answer my, the question you have asked me, can I describe God? Yeah. You can never describe God because you can only describe God with what he has done to you. And uh, I have seen that there is a God in heaven by what he has done in my life. And uh, just what I have mentioned, when you look at the environment, when you look at the lakes, when you look at all these things, that can tell you that there is a God somewhere. Do you think saying that um, God is where man's knowledge ends is a fair description? Uh, I think God is beyond man's knowledge. Okay. I think God is beyond man's knowledge because man's knowledge is very limited. And uh, God's knowledge is, you know, something very interesting about God. You know that God knows what will happen tomorrow? Do you know that God knows what will happen the next minute? I don't know what will happen with me the next minute, but God knows what will happen to me next minute. 
So if I would say that God is equal to my knowledge, that is limiting God so much. God, you know, God is not like a box. <laughs> God is not like, you know, a big man like me. God is he is God, and you remain God. Yeah. Yeah. There's also another description I found that uh, God is a concept which people use to measure their pain. I cannot qualify that. Uh, I would not even want to discuss that because <laughs> <laughs> to me, God is real. Yeah. To me, God is real. So if you want to, me to defend that, I cannot defend it because God to me is real yeah. and he's there. Mm. And people have seen God at work in their lives. Mm. Uh, God is a transformer. God is a creator. God, you know, he's everything. Whether it is something that people have decided there is a God, for sure there is a God. Mm. Yes. Uh, from now, the issue of God can bring in where religion stands with that in mind. With what you've told us about him being indescribable. So the, the question I have is really what's the main purpose of religion right now? Religion comes to transform the life of a person. Religion comes with a God. Yeah. yeah. If you talk about Hinduism, you are talking about the Hindu gods, which is a religion by itself. If uh, you talk about Christianity, you are talking about Jesus who died for our sins. If you are talking, if you are talking about Islam, you are talking about Muhammad. If you talk about Rastafarianism, you are talking about Bob Marley. Uh, so religion goes with that higher power that I talked about. And uh, the issue is, I cannot say that religions are equal. They are not equal. And uh, why is that? Because to me as a Christian, and that is what I would tell everyone, is that Jesus is not only a religion. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Why can I qualify that? It is Jesus only, as much as I, I really appreciate, I appreciate every spiritual leader. I am a teacher, I teach comparative religions. I appreciate every spiritual leader. I respect Mohammed, he has a big following. I respect anyone, I have, I have mentioned it many times, but I just want to say this. Out of the religious readers, it is only Jesus Christ who rose from the dead. And that makes the whole difference. And that makes Christianity not only a religion, but a way of life. It's a way of life because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. Don't get to don't get me to that discussion whether religious is more superior than Islam. I don't want to get into that. But I for those who have decided to become Muslims, I appreciate them, provided they believe that there is a God. The only people that I can I can have a, a bone to pick with 
is somebody who was born to be a Christian and then he decides that there is he's no longer a Christian and he decides that he doesn't he ignores that there is a God and he says I believe there is no God that that one I can pick up ball with mm -hmm. but any other person who who, who who treasures his religion, let them treasure them. When we get to heaven, we shall know which which is more superior than the other. Who <laughs> <laughs> <It> was right? <laughs> yeah, I hope to find you there. <laughs> but Christianity will remain the way of life. Yeah, you know, yes. by the way, there was something I was reading also, getting deeper into the aspect of religion. Uh, we have authoritarian religions and humanistic ones so when jesus christ came he preached of more humanistic ways like mm -hmm. the beatitudes and treat your neighbor as you love your love your neighbor as you love yourself things like that you know even if you're not a christian and you and you disagree with those then generally you're a bad person because those are just humanistic ways of life yeah, and you know jesus one thing is that Jesus, who is the savior of Christianity, of the Christians, was both God and human. He lived with us. It is said that a three years, but he lived with us. He's still living with us because he is Emmanuel, God with us. So he is, he is human. He knows what I passed through, the challenges I passed through. He was a young guy. He knows what young men passed through. It's only that they killed him. They murdered him before he became old like me. But uh, <laughs> but he is still there. He understands me. He gives me grace to move on every single day. So and you know you can never meet God. God. You can never move God. God is the unmovable mover. He moves things, but he remains God. You see, he never dies. He never grows old. That is how God is all about. I'll grow old by a hundred years, I'll be gone. But God, even with a hundred years, he'll still be there, you know. Mm -hmm. I found my grandfather worshiping God, my father, myself, and even my children and my grandchildren will continue worshiping this God. And it's quite interesting, yes, when you think about God. If I might ask, in a world with over 4,000 religions, what gives you the conviction that you are on the right side? I would say I'm the right side as a Christian, as much as a Hindu would say she or he is on the right side, worshipping the, the over 4,000 gods. Eh? Uh, what makes me think I am right? is because um, I know Jesus not only as a savior of other people but my savior he transformed my life completely I met Jesus when I was quite young mm -hmm. I had just sat for my form for I have seen God I have seen Jesus taking me through teenagehood young adulthood I have seen God bringing me to where I am today you know, for example something very interesting people try to stop drinking beer and it becomes an issue to them yeah. it becomes an issue to them yeah. but somebody goes to Christ and he says, as from today I have believed in Christ and you find yourself no, no longer drinking 
As simple as that. People get themselves into many scenes. And people are even jailed, you know, and they are taken to prison as a correction center. But they are never corrected. They come from the jail, they continue doing the same things they were doing. But somebody meets with the Lord, he becomes transformed completely. So that can tell me I am on the right. If God is able to change other people and he changed me, then I'm on the right. Yes. I'm on the right. (laughs) (laughs) On that higher note, (laughs) let's take another break and we'll be back with the bishop. Welcome back, and um, we'll keep going with the interview with the bishop. Um, we want to ask you, what do you think is the relationship between science and religion, and do you think it's possible for both to coexist? I want to, to repeat myself and say, God is above science. science. God is God is omnipresent, as we say, omniscient, anything you, you can mention about God. Uh, and uh, God is a creator of science. God is a creator of the environment. God is the creator of the sun. God is the creator of the moon. God is a creator and he gives knowledge to the scientists. The scientists who have been working on the vaccine towards COVID-19. They have labored so much in the laboratories. And one of the things that I remember is when they were saying, we invoke the higher power. Who is that that higher power? It is God to them. They They needed our prayers for them to get the vaccine. So science, science which is around us all through tells us there is a God. So it is possible for science and God, but science is not beyond God. God is beyond science. science. Um, and on that note, do you believe that there are times when maybe religion has been skewered, such as the case in Tanzania, where President Magufuli has insisted <laughs> on prayers without taking any other measures what is your comment on such yes i'm not i'm not i'm not very sure how many people have died in tanzania i don't want to get into that but uh (laughs) i don't know how many people have died i only know how many people have died in kenya but i think uh there is there is something called conviction conviction is 
when I tell you that this will not happen to you, it registers in your mind it will not happen and it never happens. When uh, our Minister for Health told us that COVID is here and we are dying 10,000, many of us believed. And no wonder that is why people have been dying. <laughs> True. Because we were convinced we shall die. You see? Mm. But for the Tanzanians, they were told, Hini homatu, kama ya kawaida. So when they went through it, it was homa ya kawaida. Because down deep in their hearts, that is a conviction they have. But I don't want to get into that. I don't know how many people have died there. Yeah. But one thing I am very appreciative to God is that the intended number of the people who are supposed to die in Africa have not died, and yeah. they shall not die. Mm. Yes. <laughs> is this where I say amen? <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's an issue that was back in the day with Galileo, but that's the Catholic Church, and they were very authoritarian. So... Let's not get into that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not get into that. This this All Saints Cathedral has very beautiful artwork, mm. and I don't know who did it. Mm. Miss Leonardo da Vinci, or <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's very beautiful. And I want to ask about the relationship between art and religion. Uh, I young man, I know what you are driving me to. <laughs> you just want to tell me that it was done by the Freemasons. <laughs> <laughs> which is true I cannot say it is not true yeah. uh, it is said that the, you know the builders who did the cathedrals the great cathedrals whether the cathedrals in in Rome the cathedrals in Britain the great cathedrals that are known you know Canterbury St. Thomas mm -hmm. uh, St. Peter's Square these were done by those guys. One thing I cannot tell you whether were the, the free Martians Christians. I am not very sure about that. But they were gifted. Even now when I go and do a church, when we build a church, I don't go inquiring from the fundies whether they are Christians or not Christians. I look into their workmanship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I look at their workmanship. Can they make it? Can they give me the church that I want? Mm. So whether they are Christians or not Christians, even if they are pagans and they do the job that I want, all that I want point. is a piece of work that I want. Yeah. So, and uh, I think those cathedrals, visit them. Some of them have been there for over 2,000 years, like the ones in, in Rwanda, yeah. in many places of the world. But they look as if they were done just yesterday. So those guys were, were, were really gifted in one way or the other. And also, I think the art, the art that is done on the windows, partly is to bring us closer to, to understand the word of God. So when they talk about Jesus and Jesus is displayed in one of the windows, people can at least try to relate to that. Yeah. If they, are, if they talk about St. Peter and St. Peter is drawn in one of the windows, people can try to, to relate to that. Mm -hmm. You know, the Roman Catholics are better than the Anglicans because the Roman Catholics have, you know, the structures that they have. But people misunderstand them. They don't worship them. Mm -hmm. Those ones are to help them to understand. You know, when they talk about Joseph and the family and you see Joseph, Mary, 
the baby Jesus. You understand what is a family. Yeah. So, but they don't, they, they really don't worship them. That's what I can say about art, uh, uh, art and, and uh, Christianity. And uh, anything that is painted, anything that is, has a drawing, it's more smarter, it looks greater, it attracts your eyes than anything that is praying. Mm. Yeah, it you know because it is it looks good, good. to you. Yeah, and eyes like seeing what is good. Mm. And one of the places where we are mostly decorated are churches uh, to give you the comfort to feel that you are in a beautiful place. And even those churches remind you that heaven is beautiful than them. Yeah. Mm. So, <laughs> so you're wrong to go to heaven. Yeah. So people who never go to church will never wrong to go to heaven because they don't see the smartness there. Yeah. Mm. So I pity them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, true. Uh, on the subject of art, I have another question. Yes. Do you believe the church has a role to play in the kind of because we know art encompasses a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Do you think they have a role to play in the kind of music and film and other things, creative arts that people consume in general? One of the things that the church is doing today is making the church more African than more European. Okay. Like the Anglican church has been a traditional, Anglican, a, a traditional European church because it came from England. But by and by, as we continue with life today, we have come to know that uh, when you try to Africanize the church and bring African singing and dancing, more people come and they join the church. When I was a young person, you could not play the guitar in church because the guitar was wildry. Near near dancing, you know. <laughs> you see? <laughs> Yeah, but today, where is where do you find good music? In the church. It is in the church. Where are people being paid for playing music better than the church? You know, yeah. People are being paid good money, you know. Somebody who is a pianist doesn't need to have another job because you are paid only playing the, the organ or the, the keyboard on Sunday. Mm. Good money, and that can employ you. So, uh, music and, the, and religion go together. And uh, it's also important for us to, to know, as I have said, that uh, when you, you make the thing more ivory, people want to engage themselves with it. Yeah. What made the Church of England die is because they never, never went with the seasons. But what makes the Church of Nigeria to be the largest church? Because the Nigerian church is very African. Yeah. The Church of Uganda is very African. The Church of Kenya is becoming. Yeah. What makes the Roman Catholic Church is because it, it goes with the seasons. You know, the dancing is good. Willing to the change. preaching is good. The yeah. vestments are African. Yeah. You know, people feel that, oh, this is our, our thing. No, this is our thing. So even as you are discussing about art, uh, uh, art with uh, we have a lot of art now in the vestments where you see like the Pope when he visited Kenya he was he was wearing the the, the mightier which was Maasai made mm. and that made the Pope more of a Maasai elder than a, a Roman, a Roman. Uh, Pope yeah. 
Yeah. So, so those are some of the things that are helping the church to grow, mm. especially in Africa. Wow. But now the the last one, <laughs> the, last one. <laughs> <laughs> the last one which is very might be very controversial the money and religion a lot of maybe some people would argue that these new upcoming factions like another we've just seen on the way prophetess shiko something church world ministries they're just coming up to you know some would say exploit selling yeah selling snake oil just to exploit but as someone who is part of a foundation that has been established from a long time ago and you know for SEK it's not like they start a church to find money because uh, you have a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't have a lot of money but we have money we have people yeah and with people you have get money mm. I don't want to get into discussing about other denominations. Let me talk about the Anglican Church, not even any other diocese, but the diocese of Mount Kenya South. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> uh, but all that I can say is that uh, there is one of our Chitikons who reminds us, he's a Messiah Chitikon, he reminds us that Injiri Nibure, Rakini Kuipereka Inagarama. Mm. Get it? Injiri nibure, lakini kuipereka inagarama. So the gospel is free, but to take it to the people, it has a cost. And having a cost, it needs money. It needs money. Mm. And that's why we raise money. One thing that you should remember is that no one is forced, no one in, is forced in church to give. Because we don't tell people you must give a thousand. Or you have to give a million. There are the people who decide to come for a Thanksgiving service and they have an envelope with a million Kenya shillings. But I never asked them. Yeah. So when they came and told me, Bishop, we want to have a Thanksgiving service, I never told them you have to thank God with a million yeah. or with a with one hundred thousand or or with a hundred shillings. It all depends with your relationship with God and how able you are. Uh, about whatever they are selling, I cannot talk about it because with us, we don't sell the anointing oil. We don't sell anything. We don't sell our services. But we pay our clergy. Our clergy are the best paid, I think, in Kenya. We pay our clergy uh, depending with their education because I have seven of my clergy who, are, who have doctorates. I have to pay them like they are teaching in a university. Yeah. I have to pay them because they have gone to school, you know. Uh, so I don't encourage my clergy to go to school to get big salaries. But uh, I also think that uh, the church pays for the service. We don't give them a salary. We give them a stipend. We call it a stipend because we don't want to get into problems with KRIA. Mm. Uh, and then, then they, they get their small allowances and they can drive a good car so if if i'm a bishop of these diocese and you find me driving i respect a pro box i like it yeah. but if you found outside my pro box and you, you they said this is a bishop car you could have thought what kind of a man are we interviewing <laughs> <laughs> you see 
But when you get there outside and you find my car, you you know this this is an Anglican bishop. Yeah. Head when you visit analysis. me and see where I'm living, you say this is an Anglican bishop. bishop. That makes the whole difference mm. because when the money is there, money money is a tool to to mission. There is no way that you can do mission without money. Yeah. You can never do mission. You can never do ministry without money. Yeah. So we need money. I would tell my Christians to give more. Uh, I, I, they are from Kiambu. They don't give as they are supposed to give. So people <laughs> of Kiambu give more because God has blessed you. <laughs> uh, to him, who more has been given? More than just. <laughs> Yes. Uh, for sure, for but sure, one for thing sure. I have to appreciate if there is any Anglican Christian from Kambu or Dagureti or Kajiada who you listen to this, I'm very grateful because you have really supported my ministry. Yeah. Yes. And especially during COVID, people gave more money during COVID than when the churches were opened. And that showed the commitment. You know, people paid through pay bills and mm. Tessa. And the collections last year were greater than when the church was physical. Mm. I don't want COVID to come any longer. Yeah. I want to have people to preach to. Yeah. But uh, I want to encourage people. As you gave last year during COVID, continue giving. Yeah. We appreciate also. <laughs> yes. Uh, tough financial times for everyone else, but yeah. not the church. <laughs> so, uh, can finish that segment there we'll be back with the queen of england <laughs> nairobi nairobi why won't you say that you're sorry cause this tree's got me feeling so lonely when all i want is a hubby to hold me and call me their baby but lady man's been tripping and tricking and slipping i like pull up wait i'm a queen i'm a dream man i like to feel like it Cause you know it just ain't right How the street 
Some of you may know the SEK is the Anglican Church of Kenya. I'm not sure if the head is the Queen of England, but she's the one who is the... That's true. Ah, thank you for the knowledge. Continue with your question. Why answer? So, of course, from the time of Kenya's inception, it's inevitable that SEK be involved in the politics of Kenya because the Queen being a political power and all that so how do you feel about that first of all before i continue one thing i want to correct you young man that the queen is not the head of the church the head of the church is jesus christ (laughs) 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 the queen is one of the christians of the anglican church yeah and a very faithful christian uh we don't pay any allegiance to the queen as the anglican church of kenya Mm. but we respect her like any other person yeah. we would respect uh when the queen comes to church she, she does not come to the church as uh because king henry read the, the reformation and uh, she may think that the church belongs to her she comes to church like any other any other christian that is the first thing secondly uh church and politics as i have said there is no church without money you can never separate church and politics you can never separate them the people that i preach to today are the people who are at wangige market now selling clothes they are the people who will be going to the chief's camp they are the people whom my mp will be calling tomorrow so there is no way that you can separate me from politics because politics is as simple as this pay the sugar farmers good money pay the coffee farmers good money because they are working for it if somebody does not work he should not be paid that is what is politics if people are exploited i have to talk about it because that is my responsibility as the bishop and i'll tell the government you're exploiting my people you're exploiting you know people you're not giving them good services if people tomorrow at Wangige Market would wake up and find that it is not swept, and they come and tell me, Bishop, nobody is sweeping Wangige Market, there is a lot of garbage. On Sunday, I'll talk about it. And politicians would say that I'm getting into politics. But I'm, I'm trying to safeguard the health of my Christians because I don't want them to die. And then I started, start burying them. I have other responsibilities to do. Yeah. So that is what politics is all about. You can never separate the church from, you know, I'm coming from this interview 
I'll be passing Westlands to buy up, you know, a loaf of bread. Mm. Uh, they will not say because you are a bishop you carry it free. <laughs> I have to pay for it. Yeah. If that is what you call politics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> True. So, mm. if my people, if 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 uh, if my people are not given good service, there is no water. There is no sanitation there is no education for them there is i have to speak about it because i'm the voice the church is the voice of the people mm. and that is what you people normally call politics let me get into the issue of bbi yeah very uh, important yeah no one can you listen to me young men yeah. no one is opposed to bbi sincerely no one is opposed to I think Ruto would disagree. No, he is not opposed to VBI. He has never said he is opposed. I know him personally. He has never said he is opposed. The church is not opposed to BBI. The BBI has its good things for those who have read it. I may be the only person in my clergy who have read BBI document. Because I took the initiative, me, because of my my background, going getting those documents and giving them to my clergy to read. But how many out of 400,000 Christians have read that document? That is the issue. So we want to repeat again, nobody is opposed to BBI. All that we need is that we need to be educated what is in that document. And that document is good. It's bringing money down to the ground. And if it is bringing money to the ground, devolution, when it came, we thought it would not work. It is working now. Go to all these, to Barabara Kidogo, Kidogo, Yakwenda Gesha, Yakwenda Wapi, they are all tarmacked. That is devolution. Because many came to the ground. If BBI will bring more money to the ground, we are happy. But if BBI will come to add positions to people, we shall talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we shall talk about your Shida Ikikuja. Cross the bridge when we get there. But isn't there an argument that if the constitution was to be implemented as it is, that the issues BBI is bringing up wouldn't be non-existent? The current constitution? Yes. The current constitution had its, its own rules. And if you can remember, as a church, the church stood up and said, you passed this thing, but we are not for it. But it passed. Why are we reviewing it after only 10 years? And actually, the one that we got back in 1963, it took about 40 years. Then that shows there, there was a problem with it. So if those problems will be solved by BBI, we shall sing hallelujah as Kenyans. We shall sing. If BBI will solve the problems that are there in that constitution. But if they will not be solved, if BBI is to bring more MPs, whom we shall pay, that's an issue. But if 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 BBI will bring more tarmac, you know, it will give the opportunity to the young people to work. You know, I like what the president says all the time. He says, pesa vijana. If that BBI will bring money to the vagina of this country, that we shall not have many being killed because they are stealing, I'll be very happy. If BBI is kazi kwa vijana, 
whereby it will help the young man in the ground to get some money today and get a loan tomorrow, who will oppose that? Nobody will oppose that. So we would go for it. And as a church, we are not opposed to BBI, as a thousands of Mount Kenya South. I have gotten a, that document for all my clergy. I've given them a copy. That when they talk about it, they know what it is all about. Before they start saying it is good or bad. Uh, do you think maybe it could solve issues, but do you think it's the right time for it to be in circulation? Considering a, a couple of months back I read about 2.4 million Kenyans have lost their jobs. Implementation of BBI, including educating people, is set to cost over 10 billion Kenya shillings. Do you think it is a fair use of taxpayer money? <laughs> the 2.4 people who lost their jobs, young men in this country, never lost their jobs because of BBI. <laughs> they lost their jobs because of COVID-19. <laughs> it was not because of BBI. So my question is, so do you the think issue the money is, uh, the issue is on the money. The money. The money if if the government will be able to generate that kind of money, you know, if this document will open the economy of this country. One thing I know is that Kenyans are very hard working people. Very hard working people. If you to open the economy of this country, I have no objection for it spending the 10 billion for people to get 100 billion. You get my argument? Yeah. Yes, I don't have any problem. And it is the right time because if we say it's not the right time, when is the right time? Maybe when the country is not on its knees economically. This <laughs> to China. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think I have told you what you wanted me to tell. Yeah, you. yeah, on especially on that, on the that issue, the the last last one. Mm. I told you there are many questions, <laughs> but this is the last one. This show is called. For how long? And it's like on forty minutes. Yeah, for how long? In bits. Yeah, in, in bits. bits. Yeah, in oh. bits. Yeah. So, the this show is called the misunderstoods. So, what can we do as the youth? to be more understood and to become productive members of society and the church. Do you know why you young people will mis misunderstand you? Ah. I have been a youth worker for a very long time, both in this diocese and in the province. I've been involved with youth work, even in the government. And uh, I treasure the young people myself very much. That's why I agreed to have this interview <laughs> with you as <laughs> young, because I, I treasure young people. Uh, I don't see young people as the leaders of tomorrow. The young people are the leaders of today. The young people are the people who own Kenya. Africa is the most youthful continent in the world. Yeah. I hope we know that. Yes. Uh, with 64% of the people who are in Africa below 40 years old. And that tells you that Africa is very youthful than any other continent. But why we misunderstand you is because you young people think that we know nothing. It is as simple as that. Why parents misunderstand the young people is because when I tell you, don't do this, you think I'm too old, I'm too foolish, and you forget that I know. I, I also passed that life. 
I know what it means, you know. When I tell you, don't dance the whole night, you think I'm very foolish. When I tell you, please keep your hair tidy, you tell me it's fashionable. You know, I was, I was, I, I was discussing this morning with my wife, why are young men pretting their hairs now, like these days, you see? Almost every young man, and my wife was saying, maybe it's a religion, I said. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what kind of a religion? Because you find them doing the hair, and they are still in church. You see, mm. when we tell you, please be presentable, because you can never be employed with those kind of hair. You say, ah, so as much as you think we, we misunderstand you, I want to tell you, that is what I thought about my father, like 40 years ago. And that is what my children are thinking. That is what my children, their children will think about them when they will be 40, 50. So the misunderstanding will continue forever, partly because of the generation gap, the things that are coming up, you know. My, you are millennials, so that's what you are, I understand you are being called. With us, we were not that. You know, you people, you are IT people. We, were, we are not IT people. We are struggling with it, to get into it. Uh, but... You, do you know that before you people get children and big children like my children, the world will be completely old-fashioned zana. So the misunderstanding will continue. But all that is needed is let us come to a neutral ground. You young people, come. I also come. We sit. We reason. We know what is right and what is wrong. And that is what I encourage parents always. You know, I was in my holiday in Naivasha uh, as we are coming uh, to the end of December. And uh, a couple that came a day after we had arrived with my wife. And this young woman was making a lot of noise to his teenager son. Wacha kufanya hivo ni mekwambia, na wewe, wewe whatever. I gathered some courage, and when we have, by God's grace, we went for swimming together. So that that couple and me and my wife, we went for swimming. And then when we were trying to dry out, <laughs> I moved to that lady in Kamambi. Can I talk to you? I found you this morning quarreling your son. I had it last night, but I want to tell you, you're not going far by quarreling her, him. If you quarrel him and tell him all that you are telling him, he'll become more harder. So that you may quarrel more and more. I told this lady, please, can you decide to become a good friend to your son? Just become a good friend to your son, and your son will change. This, this lady asked for my number. And now they have become family friends of ours. We just met in the hotel, but we have become family friends. And they are telling me, we have seen a lot of change. Because we don't shout any longer to our son, we sit down, we agree on what to be done, and then we say, if we have agreed, we have agreed. And the young man has stopped drugs, the young man went back to school, the young man is obedient, and the mother was saying to me, I wish I had met with you long time ago. So the issue is not quarreling our children, 
After all, how can I quarrel my children and they have money? They may decide to leave my house mm-hmm. and go and wakai nyubanzuri sana. So I cannot quarrel them. So nimimi nyenyeke na wanyenyeke tusikizane tuishi maisha haya. I need them as much as they need me as they are, as their father and also my property because <laughs> they also need my property. <laughs> but I need them sure. to inherit my property mm-hmm. and to look after me when I am old. Yeah. And that is what I tell my children all the time that I will look after you now, but when I'm old you look after me and my mother and your mother. So there must be that cohesion, there must be that friendship. Misunderstanding, I repeat again, young men must be there because of the generation gap. My son is only 20, my last born son is 25 years old. I'm 60 years old. My thinking capacity is very different from him. But we have to come to the middle and sit and discuss. And then we can live together because I need him mm. as much as he needs me. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need to make this episode available to all African parents. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> hope you have all their numbers. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we hope to see you again soon. This has been very informative, especially for my friend Skunk over here and myself also. So hope to see you again, Bishop. Yes, thank you for your time and thank you. We were intended to take it for one hour, you have taken a lot of my time, <laughs> but I have really enjoyed. Yeah. I never knew what it is all about. Uh. I don't fear the cameras. I'm interviewed many, many times. Um, yes, I have a following of every Sunday of 24,000 uh, Christians throughout the world who follow me mm. in my sermons, mm. my Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I would like to see this program being followed more and more. Yeah. Okay. And if I would do a small contribution to it, I would be very happy. Oh, thank, thank you, sir. Thank you. It's been amazing. I'll see you again thank soonest. You. Oh yeah, Nimimi Bado. Najua that Ningeanza way before, but ilikuwa time bado. Likuwa na trap kwa bando. Na huku ni wifi, hakuna bundles. Ngoma anza kikiri, matemu andunga mahando. Daa, uwezi handle. Juzi nilikuwa kikiri, na unesho shamba na mwaniki. Codename, expand the ghetto. Nikesho tuntapanda cheo. I started from the bottom, but zaizi niko juu. Kachepeo na julikana maeneo. Young people who were kind of getting loaded and they were just making a lot of conversation that they could build off of. 